How's the weather by you? Uh, it's like 66 today. Oh, it's like 87 right now. <laughs> <laughs> it's going to be 91 by the weekend. Yeah, it's going to be in the mid-80s here. Nice. Dance, monkey, dance. Welcome to this week's episode of Dance Monkey Dance. I'm Chris. I'm John. How you doing, John? I'm doing just swell. How are you? I'm okay. Um, I had to turn my my headphones around because I can't hear out of my right ear. What did you do? I got water in it this morning in the shower, and I can't get the water. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah, it's bugging the shit out of me, so I can't really. It's very weird because normally I'm in one ear and you're in the other as we're recording. Yeah. And I can't really hear myself, so it's a little weird. Oh, oops. So if I if I miss a question or a joke or something, it might just be <laughs> my ear. But other than that, I'm peachy keen, so, you know. Well, good. You know, now that we're getting a Grease sequel that nobody wanted. The Pink Ladies? The Pink Ladies, man. Yeah. I, I guess it's a prequel to Grease? Because the Prink Ladies are already in Greece, so I guess is there going to be a young Rizzo and a young Danny Zuko? I don't know. I think they'll DH Travolta. <laughs> well, I mean, he's singing parody songs now for fucking T-Mobile, so who knows? Yeah. But yeah. <clears throat> So what's what's going on with you? Uh, you know, the usual. You in mourning with all the people that are dropping dead? It's been a bloodbath. <laughs> it's like it's like really horrible. We had three um old school actresses. Bam bam bam. Uh Stella Stevens. Mm-hmm. Gina, Gina Lola Jupiter, mm-hmm. and who's the other one? Raquel Welch. Oh, Raquel Welch. That's right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah, it's kind of sad. Burt Bacharach died too. And Richard Belzer. And Richard Belzer just died. And Jimmy Carter is in hospice. Yes, which which kind of blew me away. I kind of thought he was going to live forever. I mean, I know people don't hold him in high regard as a shining example of what the presidency can be, but you've got no, to give it to him that after he got out, like for 40 years, he's been building homes for homeless people. Like, yep. Nobody else is doing that. Yeah. And homeboy sold his peanut farm when he was elected so that there wouldn't be any impropriety of like, you know him as a president you know nobody else wow. does that imagine that <laughs> yeah so 
Yeah, that's 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 gonna be interesting when he goes. He, I guess, he decided with his family that he didn't want any more medical care. Yeah, which makes me wonder. Like, yeah, hospice is supposed to be the end of your life, but I wonder what the prognosis actually is. I mean, are we gonna be talking about this three months from now? Like, is he just gonna hang in there? Or some of them go really quick. Some of them don't. Yep. Yep, I I really believe that if you think because this happened with my grandmother like a long time ago like the minute that she found out that she was dying mm-hmm. she went downhill really fast and so I wonder how much that actually plays into the body and the brain shutting down of like if you think it's hopeless then does your body just shut down and be like alright it's hopeless I guess it gets to a point. I guess. I mean, do you think you can will yourself to die? Oh, I think you can will yourself to stop fighting something. Okay. I don't know if you can will yourself to die. Fair enough. I mean, it would be interesting if you had that kind of control over your body, but... I don't know. Think of how many emo kids would be dead by now. <laughs> well, how do we know they're not? Maybe they're just covering it up. <laughs> Could be. Someday they'll teach in the history books about the great emo passing. <laughs> yes. Yeah, so <clears throat> I guess Tim McCarver, who is a sports broadcaster just died too I don't know if you count oh. him in the celebrity death pool so is that, is that seven now he's a hall of fame broadcaster so oh maybe I mean the world's just trying to shake us off at this point yeah you know, if we're going to poison the, the water supply, then the earth is just going to like shake as many of us off as it can get. There was also another death. Oh God. What was he in? He was a kid. He was a kid actor who just died in like a shelter. Oh, what was he in? Oh my God. Cause I'm never going to remember his name. Uh, Lance Kerwin. Uh, uh, Austin majors is the one that I was thinking of. Oh, he was on NYPD blue. Huh? He was 27 and he died in a homeless shelter. Well, that's sad. Oh, there, uh, it's Tim Carver. Apparently he was hooked on drugs, according to shitty Fox News. So I don't know. I don't know what the <laughs> Is that what the Earl is now? Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, there are, there are, celebrity people just going left and right here.
Yeah, and Lance Kerwin, who was a child actor, I guess, in Salem's Lot. He died, but he was 62. Yeah. But the NYPD kid was 27. That's a damn shame. That's sad. Yeah. And then people complain that, you know, some of these people don't get put into the Oscars in memoriam. We'll see who they pick. Well, yeah. (laughs) What a downer. I know. We'll have to find. Oh, well, here, while we're talking downers. <laughs> okay. Bruce Willis's condition worsens as family announces dementia diagnosis. Yeah, I read that. That's really sad. I mean, it just goes to prove that money does not stop that kind of shit. Like, yeah. Like, he had all the money in the world, and there's nothing that they nope. can do for him. No cure for yet. Nope. Nope. And dementia is fucking horrible. So. Yeah. I feel bad for his family who's going to have to watch him go through that. But. You think he's just like going through old moonlighting scripts? I mean, so. I wonder if an actor with dementia is worse than just a regular person with dementia. Because does he flash back to past roles is all of a sudden he's John McClane right and he's calling out for Holly because that's who he thinks he is right like that's gotta be weird and all of the movies that he's done in the last couple of years where he was just like look I'll work for a week for a million dollars and was in all of these like really horrible films like all of that stuff's like in his his not a short term memory, but like recent memories. So all of a sudden he's like bouncing all over the place. Like that would be really fucked up. But yeah, I mean, that's a damn shame. I mean, it's, it's, and it's gotta be weird because he's got that other disease where he can't communicate. Right. So dementia on top of that, has gotta be fucking terrible proof there's no god man (laughs) maybe he's putting together his own a-list in heaven (laughs) um sure sure but what is his suffering good for down here why put his family through that well, you know, God only gives you what you can handle, Chris. <laughs> uh, you know. Tell that to the actor kid that died alone in a homeless shelter. Homeless shelter? Yeah. Oh, what a shame. I mean, fortunately, like, for Bruce, I guess, with his family... And like 
the weird thing of like his ex-wife and his current wife are like there for him and you know hopefully it'll at least be somewhat easy for them that can take the weight for each other but yeah it's a shame it's a pity horrible horrible world I mean hopefully if he does flash to to like past roles maybe he'll get stuck at like Hudson Hawk and just sing the entire time (laughs) well maybe he'll go back to being Bruno possibly you know yeah, that's that's kind of bad. Yeah. So, uh, is there any good news this week? Um, good news? Like, no, I don't know, no, anything. Uh-uh. no, <laughs> no. World's world's dying. World's falling apart. Eat the eat the food that you want to eat because this ain't lasting for much longer. <laughs> um, I mean, the only escape for me is like pop culture and shit. So, and that's why we do this. So, you know, good yes. times. <laughs> well, hopefully, we'll take everybody's minds off the horrible world for at least an hour. <laughs> As we talk about like dystopian futures and shit. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Let's take your mind off the problems with zombies. Actually, we haven't had a new episode since we talked last, right? No. The last of Us? Nope. Yeah, because they did it on Friday. Was, yeah. Yeah. Screwed everything up. <laughs> um. So I I did take your advice and I watched Poker Face. Well, some of it. Okay. I haven't watched it yeah. all yet. Yeah. What did? I like what did it. you think? I I like it a lot. Yeah. I like the format. Um, yeah. I kind of feel like they're trying to be Tarantino with the way that the credits are. It's very yeah. like nineteen seventy ish aesthetic for like the graphics and stuff. Yeah. Um. Maybe it's a homage. Yeah, but I mean, I really didn't enjoy. The, I think the last one I saw was the one with the rock band. Oh, good. Um, that was one I really liked. Yeah, and I like, I like the, um, the way that they tell the story, where they play it out, for whatever's happening to, who ends up being killed. And then you find out that um, um, Charlie has been there the whole time. Yeah. Like she's been she's been kind of the center of it. And I didn't like the first episode is not like that. It's kind of, well, no, the first episode is like totally different than the rest of the season. Yeah. I mean, it kind of flashes back after her friend gets killed and you find out that you know, she was the one trying to call her and stuff like that. But once, once it kicks into the actual storyline, um, it, it falls into this thing. And I really liked that. I really liked, especially the first couple of times of like, Oh shit, she was there. Okay. 
and you know the way that it all kind of plays out there's was the rock was the rock band one that one actually had like end credits or something that the other ones didn't have that I was like huh that's interesting or it had opening credits or something it was different from the others and I was like oh okay Hmm. um but yeah uh, I mean I just thought the writing in that episode was so clever and you know the the new hit rock song was a a ripoff of the theme from Benson. Benson yeah yeah yeah, I mean, but I mean, if you were Charlie, wouldn't you just be like, why is death following me? Like everywhere well, I go, she, somebody close to me dies. Yeah, she kind of made a joke about that. Does she? Or maybe it's in a, well, or maybe it's in a future episode. Okay. Because it's, it's in like the trailers or whatever. Oh, okay. Yeah, but I really enjoyed it. I thought that that was really yeah. good. What do you think of her performance? I mean, she's, she, she I, I, I don't know if you ever watched, um, Russian doll, which was, no, there, it was the TV show she did on Netflix where she keeps dying in every episode and yeah. you have to kind of figure out why. And like, and so I watched all of that. I've seen all of orange is the new black. And I feel like she's got a very particular way of acting and I like what she's kind of done with it, but it also feels very familiar with the way that she acts. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Not that that's good or bad. It's just one of those things of like, she's, 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 she doesn't have a whole lot of range. But it's not necessarily no. a bad thing. Right. The one thing that keeps bugging me, and I know this is something stupid, but for some reason, they have decided that when she wears lipstick, it does not follow the contours of her lips. Oh, I haven't really noticed that. There there was a couple of shots where they're close up on her face and she's wearing lipstick and you know how most people have that little at the top of their lips. They have that little peak that goes down. Yeah. That goes straight over with lipstick. And so I don't know what they're trying to do or I don't know what their thing is, but like for me, it's very distracting because it's like, why didn't they do your your makeup right? And I know it's nitpicking and I love the show and all that, but it's, I don't know. They do a lot of close-ups of her. And when they do, it's like, yeah. okay, why, why have we made that choice? <laughs> but, um, I don't know how many more episodes I have. Uh, there's one more from this week. Right. Oh No. Two more, two more. There's a, a one that takes place in a theater and there's one that takes place in uh, stock car racing. Okay. Uh, oh, it looks like I've only watched four, so. Yeah, five is the one with Tim Meadows and Ellen Barkin. Okay. 
and then six, which just aired, uh, takes place on like the stock car circuit. Okay, that's a good one too. They've, I mean, they've all been really, really good. It's not like her character serves any purpose other than her helping the the casino in the first episode. Yeah, well, I mean, she's there to kind of put people on the right path of um, who the actual killer is. Yeah, I guess. But... There's an episode title called Escape from Shit Mountain. Is that number six? It's number nine. Oh, okay. <laughs> so there's at least nine. Uh, it says there's ten for the season. Okay. And I guess it's been renewed for season two. Oh, good. So, yeah. Yeah, I was a little shocked in the first episode when they got rid of Adrian Brody so fast. I know, right? Because I was like, okay, that'll be... um, He'll be like the big bad guy chasing her. And then, nope. It's like, wow, okay, never mind. Yeah. So I guess Benjamin Bratt's working for his father, who is Ron Perlman. Oh, okay. I didn't know who the father was played by. Yeah. Because we haven't seen him yet. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Let's see. What else did I watch this week? Um, before we get to other TV shows, I watched a couple of movies that you might find interesting. Yeah. I rewatched okay. Casablanca. Okay. Because I hadn't seen it in a long time. And watching the Maltese Falcon a couple weeks ago, I was like, I should really watch Casablanca too. Um, and I mean that I feel is a classic for a reason. I mean, there's, there's so much going on in that movie and like just watching it from like a filmmaking, um, perspective, a lot of people consider, um, Citizen Kane as like when modern filmmaking started. Okay. But if you watch Casablanca, there's not only like special effects shots, but there's also like very rapid editing and um, lots of coverage of people, which yeah. doesn't really happen again until um, uh, Citizen Kane. So, it was kind of fascinating to watch it again through more experienced eyes of like looking for editing and stuff. It, it was really good. Yeah. So yeah, I watched that and then I watched, um, do you remember a movie in 1984 called Iceman? Mm, no, it had, um, it was the story of, a group in the Antarctic that find a frozen Neanderthal. Oh. And uh, it's got Timothy Hutton in it as like one of the main stars. Um, 
and so they find they find this frozen guy and they're able to bring him back to life i had seen this movie when i was like a kid and um there was a bunch in the early 80s there was a bunch of um like caveman type movies there was the one yeah there was encino man Yep. There was caveman. caveman. There was altered states. There was a bunch of them. And I saw a clip online from altered states. And I was like, is that the one that I saw as a kid? And I realized it was the movie Iceman. And so once they thaw them out, they have this place where they study animals that has like, um, but it's still in the Antarctic. So it's like this enclosed, almost like habitat where they put them and they watch them. Um, it's a really fascinating movie. Um, Hmm. it's science fiction, but it's drama. Like it's how somebody from 20 or 40,000 years ago would react to like modern society without like goofy, like let's put them in a jacket and tie and like march them out. Like it's all kind of like, um, primal and stuff. And, and I really enjoyed it for a movie that's, you know, 30 years old, 40 years old. Uh-huh. Um, I had to watch it through other means than, you know, what's online. But um, if you can find it, I think it's probably worth a watch. Okay. And it's got a couple, like, familiar faces in it. It's got David um, Strathathian. I think I don't know how you pronounce his last name. He's been in all like the Jason Bourne movies and stuff. Um, and he was in sneakers um, as the blind guy. Okay. Uh, it's got Danny Glover in it. It's got, it's got James Tolkien in it. Um, it's pretty good. It's, I would, I hmm. would recommend it. I might check it out. Yeah. So did you watch the new season of Picard? I did. You did? What'd you think? So how far after the last season is this taking place? Um because now Seven of Nine is back on a ship. Even though she was going off to see the world with her with her Borg Queen. Yeah, I would did she go on that or did she Wasn't that how that ended? Well, the Borg, the Borg decided to stay and, and watch the rift that forms. All right. Um, it's, it's definitely a little while after, um, there's a lot of mystery. There's a lot of what the fuck's going on when this season starts. I'm, I'm a little worried that this could start out really strong and end up like the others as the last season did, because the very first thing that you see is a graphic that says in the 25th century that, um, is a direct lift, including the font to Star Trek to the wrath of Khan. And what we've seen from the trailer 
is that Picard's being chased by Amanda Plummer, who we haven't seen yet, who claims to know him. And I'm hoping they're not trying to turn this into the Rathacon. Oh. I want them to do their own thing. You know, there's... We're going we're gonna to spoil a bit here and kind of jump to the end, but there's a new character that shows up at the very end who turns out to be Dr. Crusher's son. Yes. Who... With a, with a British accent? Who has a British accent, <laughs> who apparently is around 20 years old because that was the last time anybody saw Beverly. Right. And... You know, if you extrapolate from the Wrath of Khan, we're going to find out that Picard has a son he didn't know about. And then will the son get sacrificed by an enemy like he does in Star Trek three? Like there's a lot of weird parallels that could be happening here. And I don't want them. I want them to do their own story. Right. And. I don't know. It's only one episode, so I'm going to I'm going to hope that they pull this out, but. There's too many of these things where I'm like, oh, please, God, no. Huh. Like, let's do something good. I mean, the episode is really good. Yeah. Um, You know, it's very tense in the beginning. You don't know what's going on. Beverly Crusher's on her own starship, I guess. Right. Like, I don't know how you get your own private starship, but okay, whatever. Um, And there's somebody else there with her and you don't know what's going on. She's locking him away and she's got a phaser that she's using like a shotgun mm-hmm. which I've never seen before but okay and like then John Luke has got to make these decisions because he can't ever catch a break with you know retiring happy with somebody that he cares about right he always kind of it's like the mob he's always getting pulled back in <laughs> and then they got to figure out how to get there because Beverly has said, don't trust Starfleet. Right. Which winds them up on the Titan with seven and, and the weird dickhead captain. Yeah. Um, so I'm, I'm, I'm hoping that this gets a lot better once the rest of the cast shows up. Um, you think they're falling into that trap of just going for the pure nostalgia? There's a lot storytelling. Um, there's a lot of um, fan service in this episode. Yes, there is. There's an entire panning shot in the beginning that is basically like, you remember Beverly, right? She used to like have these flowers, and oh look, she used to act, and oh look, she's thinking about John Luke. Oh look. And like, it just goes on and on and on until you get to her. And like, it's like, wow. Okay. Like they're, they're trying hard to be like, um, look, don't you remember her? You loved her. Right. And it's, it's, it's interesting because there was a lot of things that are referenced in this that happened in the second season of, Star Trek The Next Generation where she wasn't there. Mm-hmm. Right. Because that was the season where they had fired her. And she was quote unquote working at Starfleet Medical until she came back. Right. Um, 
But there's like a lot of allusions to things that like she wouldn't have been there for. So I don't know. I think, I think they're trying to keep the fan service going so that people would be like, you remember these people, you love them. And there's even like a ripoff of Star Trek generations when they go on to the Titan and the ensign is looking at Picard and it turns out to be LaForge's daughter because there's a ripoff of that, mm. like with what they did with like Sulu's daughter in Star Trek generations. Ah, okay. So I, w- I really hope that they can tell a original story without it falling into like, well, we want the next generation to have their version of Khan. Well, you, yeah. don't, you don't need to do that. Right. That doesn't always, that, that's not going to end well. Just ask the J.J. Abrams movie. Oh, but we're going to flip it. And it's like, no, don't. <laughs> so, yeah, I'm, I like the first episode. We'll see where it goes. I like the first couple episodes of the last season, too. And then it spiraled out of control. Right. But we'll see. I mean, the effects work is amazing in it. The, yeah. the, the shot where Raffi watches the building kind of like portal mm-hmm. and then crash down onto the city was fucking amazing. Yeah. So they can, they've got the, the budget for a good series. So I'm hoping that they, that they can pull this shit out. But we'll see. Well, we'll have to wait and see. Yeah. What else did you watch this week? I've watched an Apple TV show called Shrinking. Is that the one with, with Har- Jason uh, Harrison Ford? Yes. Okay. Uh, I I I I'm just not a fan of Siegel. It's an interesting premise. He's a therapist whose wife just died and he gets fed up with all of his clients bitching and complaining. So he starts telling them exactly what they should do. Right. And Harrison Ford is another therapist. He's like his mentor. And then there's another woman, a black woman who's another therapist. Um, His next door neighbors are Ted McGinley (laughs) from, from happy days. Yeah. And, Krista Miller from Drew Carey and Scrubs. Oh, okay. He's got a teenage daughter he's trying to relate with, even though, you know, since the mothers died, they've been kind of weird. Um, I don't know. It's, it's okay. <laughs> There's like some, you know, like his, his patients are a big part of the cast. So you kind of follow them to some extent. But it's just he's he always comes across as just whiny. Yeah. Yeah, he's definitely one of those guys. I mean, I don't I Harrison Ford deserves better. <laughs> and Harrison Ford's character is battling Parkinson's, so he doesn't want to tell his family about it and uh, I don't know. It's just eh. I've heard people say they love it, but I, mm, 
I mean, I don't know. I feel like Jason Siegel works best in an ensemble, like a true ensemble. Yes. Like, I don't think he's got, I don't think he's got what it takes to lead a series or a movie. Right. Um, but I think when you put him with other people who he can work off of, I think it works better. Mm hmm. I think when he's not the main character. Yeah. Is pretty much what I've come to think. Yeah. I mean, because like when he was in the Muppets, mm-hmm. I didn't really like him in that. I didn't really like him in, um, forgetting Sarah Marshall. But like, I think when he was vector in despicable me, even if it's just his voice, I think that works. Yeah. I thought, I thought that that was, was good. Um, you know, but he's not, he wants to be in front of the camera as like a leading man. And I just don't think that that is where he belongs. Hmm. You know, I think, I think like Seth Rogen, he's a really good, um, supporting character, supporting actor and not so much a lead actor. So do you think it would have been better if Harrison Ford was the one as like the lead? And you have this old man telling people what they don't want to hear. Well, then wouldn't that have been the, uh, the Richard Dreyfus? Who was it with De Niro was De Niro. Oh, the, was it Richard Dreyfus? Analyze this. Yes. Who was that? Was that Billy Crystal? Oh, you're right. It was Billy Crystal. Okay. But no, I think you're thinking of what about Bob? Oh, that's it with the puppets. Yeah, because yep. that because that was Dreyfus and Murray, right? Yeah. 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 I don't. I, eh. I think Apple TV has some hits and misses. They do. I mean, they can't all be gold, right? If only. (laughs) I mean, there's definitely some good people in the cast. Oh, yeah. But it's very... I don't know. It feels very lazy. Like they take an awful lot of time to get to places. Okay. Yeah, I could see how that would probably be annoying. something I am looking forward to. Yeah. Did you ever watch Faulty Towers when it was like rerun a billion times on PBS with John Cleese? Yes, my dad used to watch it. 
Okay, so it's being rebooted. Okay. With John Cleese <laughs> okay. and Rob Reiner. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, it will not be airing on BBC because he felt that uh, John Cleese was complaining about cancel culture and, and woke behaviors, so it will not be on the BBC. <laughs> okay. Um, it's going to be an update, I guess, of of Basil Fawlty, and he's still, you know, getting into ludicrous situations. And I mean, some of the physical comedy in that thing is just amazing. And the, the farcical nature of it. I mean, there's one where a food critic shows up on the night that somebody died in one of the hotel rooms and they're trying to hide the body from the critic and it's not really a critic. It's, you know, it's just some random guy who showed up that they think is the critic. Right. But um, I've always found it incredibly funny. So we'll have to see. It's being produced by Rob Reiner and his daughter, Michelle. Oh, okay. Uh, okay, so it's going to be on a streaming platform. Yes. Okay. I mean, I would assume that that would reach the most amount of people anyway. Yeah. These days? Yeah. 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 And I mean, the sitcom was so good, it had two... American reboots one one with B. Arthur and one with John Larroquette okay where they did a lot of the same scripts okay because I, I remember the B. Arthur one where where she's running kind of like a seaside inn and it's the, the one with the dead body where they're trying to you know <laughs> get the body anyway So, oh, yeah, cool. I'm looking forward to it. Yeah. And, of course, John Cleese is now coming to Megacon. Is he really? Yep. Oh, For $100, you can get your picture took. Jesus Christ. Yeah. I haven't looked For 180 For 180 you can get your picture with, with Johnny and Daniel Lubrousseau. Okay, so they've added For, James McAvoy. Yep. And that picture bugs me because I, I look at it and I think he's wearing pigtails. I thought the exact same thing when it popped up. Okay. Gwendolyn Christie, John Cleese, John Bernthal, Ralph Macchio, William Zabka, Martin Cove, Jacob Bertrand, Chevy Chase. Yep. Charlie Hunnam. Oh, my God. Autograph price for Charlie Hunnam is a hundred dollars. Yeah, that's a little much. I, I'm out. Chevy Chase autograph price is a hundred and twenty dollars. The artist charges an additional thirty dollars on large or premium artists. Artist is not doing personalizations or inscriptions. A table right. photo is a hundred and twenty dollars. Yep. And fo a photo op is a hundred and fifty. I will give it to him. I'm glad that he's saying you want something signed. That's not a photo. It's this much money. Sure. Because I have walked up to numerous people as we talked about on this podcast 
who don't say that. And then they're like, Oh no, that's an extra whatever. And it's like, fuck you. <laughs> Take that Carl Weathers. Yeah. Vincent D'Onofrio is only 70 bucks. Gates McFadden's only 50. <laughs> Christina Ricci is only 60 bucks for an autograph. Kind of feel like that's really on the low end there. Yeah, it is. When Zachary Levi is 120 bucks for an autograph. Come on, Shazam. Yeah. Oh, Zach Morris is only 50 bucks. I mean, the last time we talked, this was, this list was nowhere near this deep. No. That's, they must have reached out to whoever the fuck was in Atlanta and was like, hey, you want to come down? Yeah. Free tickets to Disney. <laughs> Who wants to come? Henry Winkler. Henry Henry Winkler's only sixty bucks. Yeah, that's still too much. It's a lot when you're figuring that you're spending a, over a hundred and fifty bucks for the weekend to get in. Right. And then it's like, oh, okay. Well, which of these people do I want to spend my money on? Mm-hmm. It's Hawk from Cobra Kai, isn't it? Oh, absolutely. He's only 50 bucks, 70 for the photo. Actually, I really want to get an autograph by Kenny James, who is Bowser in Mario universe. <laughs> I mean, I think if I was to get a photo with anybody, it'd probably be William Zabka. Yeah. Yeah. Why? Out of that, out of that cast, I should say. You wouldn't want Daniel? No. Ralph Macchio is a Really? <laughs> he spent all that time being like, being like, I'm just not the karate kid. I, I am doing other things. And now he's like, hey, I'm, I'm Daniel LaRusso. Well, isn't that like every pigeonholed actor these days? I guess. Oh, Hayden Christensen. What the fuck, dude? Eight by ten, one hundred and fifty dollars. Premium autograph. Yep. Eleven by fifteen. Trading cards. Funko Pops, or as it says on this thing, Funk Pops. Action figures or posters is two hundred. Premium bulky autograph. Helmets, lightsabers, or large props. Two hundred and fifty. If you want to quote up to eight words, it's two hundred dollars. More you, than yeah, the hundred and fifty. Yeah. If you want a character name, Darth Vader, Anakin Skywalker, it's an extra hundred. Yeah. $185 for a picture with him. Fuck you, dude. Yeah. Look, I'm happy you're back, but goddamn, man. <laughs> wow. I really, really miss the old days of Megacon. You just walk up to somebody and say, dude, I really love your work. And they'd be like, thanks, man. Yeah, and that was not anymore. It. What a bunch of shit. I mean, it really kind of feels like the the one thing that they're kind of missing 
is like Will Wheaton. Like, like, I don't know. Like most of the time he's, he's, he comes to these things to like MC panels and shit. Yeah. But not this time. Nope. Nope. That Gwendolyn Christie might be cool, but yeah. Not for 95 bucks. Or 110 for a photo. Yeah. See, I think a photo would be cool because I'm sure she's, she towers over me. <laughs> and that doesn't happen with a lot of people. That's right. Now, if it was her in costume as Captain Phasma. <laughs> now, see, John Bernthal has done a lot of genre shit. And he's got one mm-hmm. price, 80 bucks for an autograph. Okay. Yeah. Like, that's at least a little respectable other than, like, here's my list, man. Right. Well, I mean, I think a big part of it is that people flip these so quickly. But don't you think that there is... You can tell who's flipping shit and who's not. You mean the guy who's got a stack of 20 things? Yes. When I when I met... Um, Nick Castle, who directed The Last Starfighter. He was also the original Michael Myers because he was helping out. Um, um, what's his name? Who made the first Halloween movie? Carpenter. Yeah, John Carpenter. They were friends. He said, "Hey, could you help me out? Could you do this part?" He said, "Yeah, sure." The guy in front of me, in line, had fifteen masks to sign. Yeah. I had one thing. I know that they can't control who's selling what, but I think it's really apparent at like who's a fan and who's in it for the fucking money. Right. So I don't know. I, I have a hard time with this shit because I'm not going to sell it. I'm not like anything that I get signed is for me. Right. I'd much rather have people sign it to me. Right. Cause it's more personal, but like when, when Nick Castle signed the, the, the last starfighter thing, there was no room to personalize it. And so right. he was like, do you just want my name? And I was like, well, I'd love you to personalize it, but I don't know how you do it. And he was like, yeah, I'll just <laughs> sign it. I mean, if somebody's walking up with a stack of fucking sons of anarchy things for Charlie Hunnam, it's a good bet. It's going to end up on fucking eBay. Sure. But if I walk up with a thing that I made, it he shouldn't have to look at it and be like, uh, are you recharging you more because you're going to go sell this? No. It's taken away from the fans that are there for the people. Right. Well, it's just become so lucrative that, you know, everybody wants a piece of it. Matthew Lillard's only 60 bucks. I mean, if you like the voice well, of Shaggy. I will say one of the last cons that I went to Matthew Lillard was there and I was I was shocked to see how personable he actually was like yeah like he came out from behind the table he didn't want it he didn't want to be behind a table he wanted to be out to where he could like greet people and if a little kid walked up to him and he wanted this the shaggy voice he got down on his knees to the little kid and did the shaggy voice to them 
and like would would shake hands and hug people and it was like that is what this is all about yeah and it's he's only 60 bucks i mean i don't know i think people are losing perspective because it's such uh, a money-making endeavor now yep it's an industry yep i mean we've talked about it before that you know, some of these genre actors would rather go to a con than take an acting gig because they'll make yep. more money. It's like, so you're not really working on your craft, are you? <laughs> <laughs> Just saying. You want to go meet Skeet Ulrich? He's going to be there. <sighs> I don't know what I, he's done lately. I, uh, he was on a show called Jericho right. with Giancarlo, whatever his name is. But that was in 2008. What's he done Esposito? recently? Giancarlo oh, I have no Esposito? idea. Yeah. Well, he's only 60 bucks for an autograph, so. Oh, he's in the new screen. Oh, is it? Well, all the old people are in the new screen. Yeah. They must be pushing that. Sean Gunn. See, I think it'd be interesting to meet Sean Gunn. He's only forty-five yeah. bucks for a for an autograph. So yeah, I mean, I just I feel like I just can't. It's not affordable anymore. No. too bad yeah too bad so sad no you didn't even have to pay the pay the admission price you can buy a henry winkler autograph for 60 bucks on the website (laughs) so why bother showing up well for all the cool dealer room stuff i guess I mean, I'm kind of surprised that John Cleese's autograph price is only 80 bucks. Why? I feel like they'd be like, oh, charge much more than that. People will pay it. Uh, maybe. You know, with, with Monty Python and all that stuff. Even like the Harry Potter fans, you know, even though he wasn't in all of them. Yeah. N- nearly headless Nick. Yep. Nearly headless. Sam Raimi would be interesting to me, but not for 75 bucks. No. Who would you pay 75 bucks to see? Out of this list? Or just out of any general? list? In general. So anybody anybody is just 75 bucks. Uh, no. Okay. You would pay 75 bucks for an autograph. Right, but it doesn't matter who it is. No. Harrison Ford. Yeah, that'll never happen. You said. Oh, I know, but I'm just grind, you know, grounding you in reality here. I understand that, but that was not the question. The, the question you asked was, who would I pay $75 to meet? 
out of anybody. Like, like I and think is that your threshold. What seventy five bucks? Seventy five bucks. Yeah. Do you have a threshold? It depends on the experience. The experience is somebody who may not even look up and see you. No. Nope. And you're part of a an assembly line. Nope, because I've been in those lines and I've also been in lines where the the person takes time to talk to you and give you an experience. Right. And those mm-hmm. are much more memorable and like I'm not necessarily out for a picture. Like I want an experience of meeting somebody that, that affected you in some way. Yeah, exactly. Um, those are, those are the experiences and I've had good experiences and I've had shitty experiences. Um, you know, you get to the thing where they hand you a piece of paper and you write your name on it. Right. And then they hand it to them and they're not even looking up and that, that that's just so bullshit, man. That fucking sucks. And I'd rather go to a small con where there's like these horror cons and stuff that I've been to where there is a chance to kind of have a conversation with people. I don't think Megacon is that anymore. I don't think Megacon or Dragon Con or the big Comic Con no. out west is where you go to meet these people anymore. You have to you have to go to like the ones that are at the Hilton on the side of the highway. Right. Where they may be the headliner, but they're actually going to talk to you. And it's sad that, that that's what it takes. Not and not that Harrison Ford would ever show up to one of those, but right. But Nathan Fillion did Megacon one year. Come on. Yeah. I also think it has a lot to do with who the actor is too. Yeah. Um. Because you get like at the at the horror conventions that I've been to you'll get the headliner as um, who's the guy that played Freddy Krueger? Robert Eglund, Robert England, England. He took the time. He was like the main guy. He took, he took the time to talk to the people and to ask, ask them questions and stuff. And Mm -hmm. I don't think if he was at Megacon for some reason, like that would be the experience that you got. And so, you know, now when I look at this kind of stuff, because like the kid wants to go to all these like anime cons and stuff. Yeah. Because they're smaller, I think she's going to have a much better experience with meeting her, these voiceover people that she wants to meet than going to fucking Megacon and waiting in line with all these fucking idiots to, you know, be pushed through a fucking assembly line. Right. I mean, I can't imagine that Chevy Chase is going to be personable to everybody. He's not personable as it is. Right, exactly. Uh, so you know, it was like why that year you... that we went and Carrie Elways had his own like little room. Yeah. That was built out and it was like, okay, so you don't want people to see you, I guess. That's fucking retarded. And then the flip side of that was Dean Kane's people yelling at me. 
with the camera. Yeah. <laughs> you can't you can't put your camera in that direction. Why? Well, because Dean Kane's over there. I don't really care about Dean Kane. It was like <laughs> it was like get the fuck away from me, man. Like uh, he's not the be all end all of my existence. Like I don't think I'd even know him if I like bumped into him in the fucking elevator. Right. Which another point of small cons in hotels is there's a good chance you're going to bump into whoever you're wanting to meet in the elevator. Right. And so you can have like a conversation with them that you don't have to pay for. Like, I don't know. I think, I think the cons today just have sold out and it's just going to suck from now on. Well, even yeah, ever since Stephen Amell, yeah, it's kind of his fault. It is his fault. I blame him. <laughs> Greedy bastard. You can go meet little Leia for 50 bucks. <laughs> see, I think that's kind of creepy. I can see <laughs> if like the the kids like in their teens. Yeah. But seeing like an eight year old. Yeah. That's kind of. That's, you know, oh, and I'm going to get my picture taken with her. It's like, okay. And those are, those are the ones that dress up. Those are the ones that will, yes. you know, she'll show up in a Leia outfit so that people right. recognize her. Um, mm -hmm. You know, I saw there was a, we've talked about him a couple of times. Um, Grim Life Collective did a. Yes. They did a. um filming location video for big trouble in little China. Uh-huh. And they cut in a, I guess a, a autograph signing that they went to with James Hong. Okay. Who played Lopan. And he was in like a J uh, a Lopan outfit. Like, like the actor. And I was like, he's better than that. Like, why, man? So, I can imagine, and I've been the cons where, like, little kids from, like, The Walking Dead are there in, like, right. zombie costumes and shit. And it's like, oh, these poor kids. <laughs> but everybody jumps on that. Hey, you can make a whole lot of money if people are going to come to your table. Right. Giancarlo Esposito was in Once Upon a Time. Yeah, he was the Magic Mirror. Oh. Okay. Homeboy has done everything, man. Yeah. The year I saw him, he was doing a limited number of photo ops as, oh, what's his name? Gus Fring. Oh, okay. Where he he he'd grab you from behind and hold up a an exacto knife to your throat. <laughs> oh God! And is that hung up over like somewhere special in your in your house? No, because I actually had him sign a picture from Once Upon a Time. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> he was also in Ducktales. 
He was? The reboot. He okay. was he was called the Phantom Blot. Oh, okay. I think he'd be interesting to meet. I mean, so how long ago did you meet him? Oh, I don't know. <laughs> Ten years ago, maybe. So right around the time where like that was shifting. Like like where you could have a conversation with somebody. Yeah. That was such a good time, man. <laughs> this sucks. Oh, man. The cosplayers are always weird. Is Yaya coming? No. So I guess they're not they're not saying anybody specific because it's Megacon Orlando 2022 past fan fave cosplayers. Okay. And not like, Hey, these cosplayers are coming. Interesting. Like the first one is somebody named lucky grim and she's in a captain Marvel outfit and she's a little too big for it. (laughs) Yeah, I think uh, as much as I enjoy going to cons, I think that might be over. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I know I'm going to have to go to like anime cons and shit with the kids. Right. But I don't know. Like, so there's one here next week um, in Charleston that the the local comic book store puts on. And the the three media guests are the Yellow Power Ranger from Power Rangers in Space, the Red Power Ranger from Power Rangers in Space, and uh, Jabba's dancer Ula from Return of the Jedi. Oh, Femi, Femi Taylor. Femi Taylor. And those are like the three. And then everybody else is like comic book artists, but probably nobody you've ever heard of. Hmm. Like, have you ever heard of? The comic book Frog Boy? Nope. Oh, here's a fine artist, painter, and art director from the Walt Disney Galleries, James Mulligan? Nope. No? Nope. Uh, Whimsical watercolor artist, Kit Steele? Nope. Uh, These are celebrities? These are the comic book artists. These are the featured guests. Oh, comic book artists. Yeah. Oh. I mean, I just don't know like how much money somebody like that makes. There's an Orlando based acrylic painter and fine artist 
named Bianca Roman Stumpf? Nope. I guess it's come to Charleston and hang out for a weekend. Hmm. I mean, that's the caliber of what comes to Charleston. Right. So. <clears throat> is what it is, I guess. Are you still there? I'm here. Oh, okay. I heard a beep. Thought it was thought it was the thing flaking out again. Nope. I'm here. Okay. Oh, good times. Yep. We've kind of fizzled. <laughs> did you watch um um night court i did i actually watched this episode twice why well because i watched it before and i thought it was one of the worst ones with her okay so i so i had to watch it again i watched it earlier today okay and it's like they don't know what the hell they're doing with her now she's trying to do little magic tricks and see, I think I feel like that's more in character of what she should have been like from the beginning. Yeah, but it's almost too late. It is. It is. And the whole sit in thing with the kids was stupid. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> you know, no, no court would be held up by prepubescent fucking school kids. No. Um, but I read a really interesting article this week on apparently the ratings. NBC hasn't seen these kind of ratings in years for any show. Okay. And there's a people are trying to figure out what's going on and why the ratings are so high. And the, the prevalent theory is that people want nostalgia to a show that they grew up with that everybody has fond memories of. And so whether the show's good or not, people are watching it because it reminds them of a time on television where that they really enjoyed. Sure. And so even though that's not good and the characters are very two dimensional, it doesn't matter. People are going to watch it anyway. And I thought that was interesting as like, cause we talked about that. We were like, why are people watching this? Right. And apparently it's, it's that it's, I guess it's the same reason you and I are watching it is that because yeah. we remember the original show. So we're going to see what they do with it. Yeah. Not much. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, I'm really surprised that there's not, it's not more like the old show where, it's a lot of it is the cast of characters going through the the court. It's more like side problems, like like 
trying to find an apartment and stuff. Yeah. So I don't know. But there'll be at least two seasons. And never again. Well, I guess we'll see what they do. I wonder if they'll listen to the criticisms um, and like try to retool it for the second season. Hmm. Could be. It's going to be hard if Lara Kett doesn't sign on for the second season. You don't think that they would secure that? Before I don't know. Yeah, I mean, if he's gone, then there's no, there's no show. Yeah, I mean, he's not really a, a a Twitter user much. So, I don't know. We'll see what they do with it, but I don't know if I have a whole lot of hope for it. Right. can always go back and watch them in stripes. <laughs> He's 6'4". He's pretty tall. Who's that? John Lyricat. John Lyricat. Mm. I mean, I don't know if this means anything, but there's supposedly 13 episodes of Night Court and he's only on nine of them. Oh, no. Well, no, the rest of them say nine as well. OK. That threw me for a second. But who knows? Why does this guy look familiar? No idea. Never mind. <laughs> Moving on. All right. Well, you got anything else for this week? Uh, I was going to talk about Walt's frozen head being thawed out and put on stage. Wait, what? There is an exhibit going into the Franklin Institute in Philly of the Disney 100, the exhibition. Okay. And they say that they are um, going to feature a lifelike hologram of Walt Disney. <laughs> okay. Who will address dress you at this exhibit. Like personally? It, says it, spe- it speaks in his real voice, gesturing with his hands and making realistic facial expressions. Oh, creepy. But my beef with that is it's not a fucking hologram. It's a projection effect. Yeah. 
Stop calling it a hologram. You're lying to people. <laughs> or you're stupid. I mean, either or. How long How long does this, go, this thing go on for? Because it talks uh, about, like, it, things being sold out. Oh, I guess it opened last week. Yeah. Or no. What is this? Oh, no. They, the D23 they just... account released the video. I th- I thought it was only till like, April, maybe? No. I don't know. Do they, what, is there an actual, like, video of the quote-unquote hologram? Yeah. Look for the one on Vulture. All right, I found it. You've reached your monthly article limit. Fuck you, Vulture. Let me see if this one. All right, so it's like. Is there no? All right, hang on. You have no project. We believe in it all the way. We have confidence in our ability to do it right, and we work hard to do the best possible job. There's really no secret about our approach. We keep moving forward, opening up new doors, doing new things, because we're curious. And curiosity keeps leading us down new paths. That doesn't even sound like that. There's also something weird with, like, the lip sync going on. I don't. They kind of picked like. It kind of looks like Walt. Before the opening of Disneyland. He looks much younger. Yeah. Yeah. It's not the Walt that everybody remembers. No, it's Walt before the cancer. Yeah. <laughs> Well, but seriously, yeah, but you know what I mean? Like when you see when you see archive footage of Walt, you either see him really early on when he's trying to get the Walt Disney Studios off the ground or Disneyland is open to the end of his life. This seems like it's in that weird part that they don't ever really show of him. Right. Like mid thirties almost early forties. Yeah. I don't know. That would kind of be unsettling. It's not uncle Walt. That's not the person that you know. No, it's kind of creepy. Yeah. Man. If they would only really bring out his head. (laughs) But then what would power Magic Kingdom? That's right. People don't understand holograms and projections. Now, if like he came out from the curtains and like walked around the room, 
That would be a hologram. That would be a hologram, and that would if be fucking impressive. If you could view him from any angle. Yep. Yep. I'm surprised they didn't do some kind of weird, um, like, photo op for it. Maybe they do. <laughs> Maybe there's, like, a selfie lens you can download. <laughs> Which Mickey voice is that? Is that the new guy? That's the old one. There's been so many. Yeah. What a weird time. Oh, well. Tis what it is. Mm-hmm. All right, anything else besides Walt? Nope. Good old Uncle Walt. All right, well, if you want to get in touch with us, you can always send us an email at info at dancemonkeypodcast.com. You can follow us on Twitter, Facebook, YouTube. Let us know you're listening. So until next week, this is Chris. This is John. Have a good week. I remember every detail. The Germans wore gray. You were blue.